3: understand I chose
4: to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the
2: it back! I've got a problem with soccer, free friends. to... Oh, what a start! Oh, what I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret.
0: Welcome to the House of Champions, YouTube friends dropping your comments and questions in the chat and make sure you hammer that like and subscribe buttons as we talk with the main man, the busy man, Fabrizio Romano. Here we go. I am Ian Joy and I'm joined by the House of Champion boys. There's Michael LaHood, there's Nigel Rio Coker. But here is the hardest working and most active man
2: in the football transfer world. Yes, that's right, Fabrizio Romano. Fab, how are you doing? All good, my friend. All good. Thank you. And thanks to all the guys. Uh, always a big pleasure to be here. Crazy hours. Uh, many things happening.
0: Love to see it, Fabrizio. This is the business end of the season just for you. If you have a question for Fabrizio, please drop it into the comments. We will try to get the best questions out there. So don't waste our time. Don't repeat your question. Get the best questions out there. We will try to push them onto Fabrizio as quickly as he can for you. I'm speaking fast because we don't have much time. Fabrizio is a busy man. Fab, let's talk about João Cancelo. I mean, big move. Obviously, Bayern Munich. When I hear that name, I'm like, oh, oh Bundesliga! <laughs> what is
2: happening? This is a crazy move that came out of nowhere. Crazy move, yes, but it's almost done. They are finalizing the final details. Bayern and Manchester City will be done later today. But João Cancelo will be new Bayern player. Agreement on a loan deal with a buy option around 70 million euros. Uh, the player is going to be on his way today. Later today to have his medical as new Bayern player. Really surprising. But not that surprising for those close to Manchester City and Manchester City staff, because the situation was really difficult in the last few weeks between Joe Cancelo and, uh, and the stuff also between Joao Cancelo and Pep Guardiola I'm told was not an easy one because he wasn't playing and we know how Cancelo uh, already had this kind of problems when he was at Inter with Spalletti when he was at Juventus with Allegri uh, and so the situation is happening again and so Joao Cancelo asked to leave to have a new opportunity Bayern have been really fast very smart in keeping this deal quiet until they reached an agreement um, almost completed now with Manchester City and so we expect the player to have the medical later today and again loan with Bayern Option not mandatory, so buyer will be able to decide in the summer. Seventy million euros.
3: Uh, fab, the Premier League always delivers, and it's heating up in the January transfer window. And it got hot with Brighton's Moises Caicedo. Could he be on a move realistically? And if so, what does Brighton do to replace him? Because he's a big, big figure in that team right now.
2: Yes and of course they have some some names in the list in case the situation will change will change for uh, for Caicedo for example Haidara is one of the midfielders they're following in the Bundesliga I'd really like him but is not easy, but I think Brighton are really quiet because they expect Caicedo to stay at the club. This is the expectation around Brighton. They've been really strong on their position. The opening bid from Arsenal was £60 million, but before that, Chelsea offered 10 days ago £55 million. Rejected. £60 million, mm. guaranteed. No don't include included from Arsenal. Opening bid, rejected. Yesterday night, second bid from Arsenal was £70 don't Ad-ons ah. included. Almost a club record oh. fee, but Brighton yeah. said no way. They don't want to sell the players. They want to keep Caicedo. Why? Because their strategy is pretty clear. They say, maybe we can sell Caicedo now for uh, 70 million euros, 70 million pounds, I don't include it, but they are convinced that in the summer, many top clubs will be on the market for midfielders. We know about Jude Bellingham, but how many clubs want him? Manchester City, Liverpool, Real Madrid, probably Italian clubs, many clubs will be on the market for important midfielders. And they feel that Caicedo in the summer could be worth also 100 millions, for example. This is why Brighton at the moment have no intention to sell Caicedo. I'm told that Arsenal are still fighting, Arsenal are still there still in contact with people close to the player still thinking of new bids so Arsenal are still there they have not left the negotiation so let's see what happens but with Brighton it's really really tough to negotiate especially in the final hours of the market
4: Just keeping in flow with that Fab if Caicedo does go what does that mean for Declan Rice in that whole midfield team because he's another name that's kind of up for a lot of clubs
2: Yes, but um, for Declan Rice, is true that internally they discussed him as an option for the, for the summer transfer window, but they never started a concrete negotiation. Arsenal are not speaking to the agents of Declan Rice. Arsenal are not speaking to West Ham. At the moment, of course, it's still January, so uh, they have enough time if they want Declan Rice in the summer, but At the moment, the real priority I see is Caicedo now. They're really obsessed with Caicedo. They made two beats. They could be uh, again, they could return again with a third beat. They're speaking to the player, the player wants to move. So they're fully focused on Caicedo. Of course, if Caicedo joins, I think it could change the situation for Declan Rice because spending, I don't know, more than 150 million pounds on midfielders would be something. Uh, crazy and surprising, but at the moment, the full focus is on Caicedo. They are not actively working on the Rice. They discuss the Rice internally. They appreciate the player, but the player they want to sign now is Moises Caicedo.
0: Yeah, a lot of questions coming in from many people out there who are in the comments right now. Aaron Alexander jumping in, asking about Brighton. Obviously, if Arsenal don't get their man and Brighton obviously stick with their man, what would Arsenal do in midfield? Would it be a Telemans? Mm. Then we have Peter Stramensky jumping in. If Arsenal don't get Caicedo, are there any other midfielders that they will try to get in the last hours? And then we have another great question from Kieran Shelty. What about Arsenal signing a midfielder? Would there be some competitiveness there from Arsenal to say we want to try and get one over Chelsea and make sure they eventually
2: get their man in this transfer window I'm not sure that it's justified with Chelsea I'm I'm 100% sure that Arsenal are convinced on Caicedo because they see him him as a perfect player for present so to win immediately but also for future as a player who could be worth crazy money in the future so this is why Arsenal are trying to, to sign him and about the potential plan B at the moment, I'm not aware of any other negotiation. I'm sure Arsenal will have other options. Remember that in the summer, they were going for Telemas for the World summer. Then they decided not to proceed because of uh, Leicester keeping a high price for the player. And so, on deadline day, they decided to try for Douglas Lewis, but it was out of nowhere. So we know how Arsenal work. They are very good in keeping their targets secret sometimes, but as of now, they are still actively working for Moises Casebo. They are not negotiating for any other player. So, I think today is going to be a crucial day. Uh, tonight, we have to understand if Arsenal will Will try to beat the game or if Arsenal will leave the negotiations and in that case what they will do on deadline day but as of now they are still working while we're speaking on Moises case mm.
3: uh, Arsenal and Chelsea have two of the teams that have dominated this January transfer window in terms of the headlines the news they've really really gone back and forth and one player that Chelsea seems desperate to get is Enzo Fernandez, World Cup winner with Argentina I mean what is the latest fab with this saga I thought it was done one second now is it back on
2: yes it is It is because Chelsea are are hardly working on Enzo Fernandez deal. Uh, The whole club is involved. Todd Bolli, Baghdad Dali, the whole structure of the club. So all the directors, Christopher Vivel, Joe Shields, all the people into the club is actively working uh, to to get this deal done. It's not easy because of Manuel Ricosta, the legendary midfielder who is now uh, president of Benfica. He's really trying to keep the player in every single way he's trying to push to keep the player and sell him in the summer, not now. But what Chelsea are doing is something really important because they are offering 120 million euros, which is the value of the release clause, but not triggering the clause because they want to pay with installments. So maybe in two, three years, this is what Chelsea are offering for Enzo Fernandes. Benfica want 120 million euros paid now. So the release clause. Uh, this is why at the moment the deal is still complicated but Chelsea will push Chelsea will insist because they know the player wants to move they know Anso will not create any problems so Chelsea will try and try in the next hours they're having a meeting right now they had the meeting yesterday night so Chelsea are trying in every single way to sign Enzo Fernandez. so I'm sure this is going to be one of the big stories of the final hours because Chelsea are not giving up
4: Mm -hmm. would this be the last Chelsea signing we see in this window Fabrizio or there's other priorities
2: (laughs) I think more than this was impossible honestly they signed like seven or eight players so it would be impossible to sign more players but let's see if it would be Enzo or or any other midfielder because we know that in case Enzo deal won't go through they have some other option in the list so they want to sign a midfielder this is the priority but as of now it's Enzo, Enzo, Enzo no other options, no plan B they really want to go for Enzo and I'm sure they will fight in the next hours to get it done
0: I'm waiting for the Tom Brady announcement from Fabrizio here for Chelsea. Here we go. Tom Brady arrives at Stamford Bridge. love to hear it. Listen, what do you think the biggest problem is in trying to get this deal done? Obviously, Enzo. Now, this is the, This is what many people are forgetting here, Fabrizio. For What's happening with the player? I mean, we're hearing hmm. from Benfica. Benfica want to know, oh, this is our guy. You've got to pay over the top if you want him. That's why the price tag is so high. Chelsea are saying we're going to try and get him. Other clubs are saying we're going to try and get him. But Enzo is quietly just going about his business right now. We're not hearing much from Enzo Fernandes. What does the player want to do?
2: The player will never be an issue in this deal. The player, if Chelsea and Benfica reach an agreement, uh, Enzo Fernandes gets on the first plane and goes to London. So on told, no problem at all. Enzo would be super happy to join Chelsea. But also Enzo wants to be respectful with Benfica. He knows Benfica are trying to keep him because... Uh, they they love him and the, he did something important for Benfica, but also Benfica helped him to arrive at top level. So Enzo is not creating any problem, but Enzo's priority is to join Chelsea. Enzo wants to go to Chelsea, Enzo dreams of Premier League, and so for sure the player is not going to be an issue. The only issue is Manuel Rui Costa at the moment, Benfica president, because he always stated in public that he wanted to keep Enzo Fernandes, release close or nothing. So it's now on Rui Costa to decide if he wants to sell the player, because at the end is 120 million euros. Then, if it's paid right now or in two, three years, it's still 120 million euros. Big money for a player. They paid. 10 million euros plus 18 tons in the summer in August signed Enzo Fernandes from Plate, and then seven months later you are selling the player for 120 this is incredible business for Benfica so this is why it's up to it's up to Ricosta not to us
0: Uh, we also know that they are a selling club as well Benfica they are a club that like to do great business and over the years they have done some incredible deals so congratulations Mm -hmm. to them for having yet again another talent you're watching House of Champions it's Ian Joy with Fabrizio Romano there's Nigel Rio Coker and Michael LaHood with you we know we're having some technical difficulties hoping you can enjoy the show right now and listen to the great man for pizza as we discuss the transfer market it is hot right now we turn our attention to Tottenham Hotspur we got a question coming in from Pedro Costa he's asking about Porro first and foremost and also Bellerin I mean this is an interesting uh, subject because Pedro Porro deal still doesn't seem to be done yet but Bellerin's name being thrown in there is very interesting to me
2: Crazy story, uh, Pedro Porro. I think this generally transfer window was full of crazy stories, of hijacks, of problems. Uh, was a really particular window. But uh, what happened? Um, on a Saturday night, there was full agreement between Sporting and Tottenham. The player said goodbye to the fans after the game with Porto, crying, so the message was pretty clear. He was prepared to fly to London and have his medical on Monday morning, so a few hours ago. But then what happened? Yesterday night, Sporting communicated to Tottenham that they were not accepting some of the payment terms details, so they changed the conditions of the deal before signing the contracts. The player was in a shock because he was prepared to fly to London together with his agents and undergo medical tests. So it was a really morning between uh, Tottenham and Sporting because they were speaking and I'm told they are still negotiating so the deal is not off yet Tottenham are still working to get it done, to get it over the line, and to bring uh, Pedro Porro uh, to London as soon as possible to do his medical tests. So conversations are still ongoing, but Sporting changing the conditions of the deal. So let's see what happens now with Tottenham. There are conversations ongoing. The player wants to move. The player is pushing to go to Tottenham. So let's follow this one in the next uh, in the next hours. And Bayern will go to Sporting in case they will complete the Pedro Porro deal with Tottenham. So Sporting have an agreement close, really close, with Barcelona for uh, Hector bayerin would be a lone move. For the Spanish right back, but it will only happen if Pedro Porro joins Tottenham. So this is the domino of right backs, and uh, let's see. We've
0: got a question coming in real quickly for Pizza before I let the guys go here. Uh, Felipe, he's asking if Manchester City could potentially hack this Porro deal because we recognise that now you're seeing fullbacks departing Manchester City. Is there a chance that Porro could end
2: up at City? At the moment, no. At the moment, they are not conversating for uh, for Porro. So. I think they're focusing on different kind of situation of players, and I would not be surprised if Man City will keep the same squad. Also, they were considering Cancelo a left-back more than a right-back. I still think he's a right-back because officially he's a right-back, but Pep was always playing him on the left, so they were considering him as part of the left-backs. Uh, and so at the moment, they are not working on Porro, but it's true they have this close, but they already gave the green light to Tottenham. So at the moment, the focus is on trying to get the Tottenham deal done. Mm-hmm. Oh,
4: Mike, you can do the Leeds one, but oh, you're do you doing
3: ah, USA crap. Fab, I've been dying to ask this question. Big USMNT fan is here, as you know. So is Nigel Real Coker deep down inside. Don't let the English accent fool you, but I got to go. Weston McKinney dying to know. Is it done? Can we get a here we go with this Leeds move? And second, what does this mean in terms of Juve and potential more Exodus players leaving out of the club?
2: Yes, I think the deal is done for McKennie. He was having his medical today morning, so now he's going to sign the contract, and everything will be announced, but the deal is done. It's 1.2 million euros loan fee and 33 million euros by option, not mandatory, uh, with some adults included. So the total package could be around 40 million euros from what I'm told, in case they will trigger the option. In the summer, the contract of Western McKennie will be for the next five years in case it will stay a lead some permanent deal in the summer. So everything is ready. They are signing the contracts in the afternoon and then it will be official so it's done and i don't see any other outgoing for juventus honestly i think juventus will stay with the same squad nothing will happen in the next 24 hours uh let's see maybe a new a new signing a last minute signing but nothing is is imminent or close at this stage and uh western mckinney will probably be the only uh outgoing they will they will complete but yes Leeds can celebrate because the deal is is almost done it's just about announcing officially on their social media accounts
0: Fabrizio, I'm getting fed up at talking about Juventus to be honest with you. It's driving me crazy all this. I'd like to just see them put good performances out there on the pitch and they've been really poor the last games watching them. Um, real quickly on Weston McKinney, was there any other teams interested in Weston McKinney before he did decide to go to Leeds?
2: Yes, nothing Forest were keen on signing him but it was never that advanced. For the player, Leeds was the only concrete option in the Premier League because of course of Justin March and these uh, American people into the club of course attracted him but also the possibility to play the Premier League has always been his priority so uh, with nothing Forest, for us he had some conversation also with Barmouth and Aston Villa uh, first weeks of January but it was nothing concrete, it was just some calls with his agent uh, leads were really pushing on this one. The president, Radarizani, was desperate to get this deal done after they missed out on, on Unahi, the midfielder who is joining Marseille from Angers. So McKenney was the priority and I think they completed a the very good deal because to sign a player like yeah. Weston McKenney with his experience on a loan with buy option, not mandatory, it means that you can decide in the summer but at least you have this player for six months who is a very good player uh, who is going to be, I think, really uh, with different mentality. It was not easy times for him at Juventus. It's not easy to be a Juventus player in this moment. So I think mm. now for him to have fresh air and to go to Premier League and to join Leeds is going to be really helpful for uh, for Western uk Yeah,
3: I agree. A club that was super busy in the summer window and followed a lot of your tweets, Nottingham Forest, very, very active in that window. Looks like they might be active again. Who are some of the players they're going against? Because I'm reading the likes of some big names from the likes of maybe a PSG or some other teams around Europe.
2: Yes, Kaylor Navas is one of the players they want. They have an agreement with the player because they're looking for a new goalkeeper. But the problem is PSG. PSG are not accepting the loan deal at the moment because they would cover more than 50% of the salary. And so at the moment, there is still no green light from PSG. Let's see what happens tomorrow. But Nottingham Forest are still trying for Keylor Navas. But... Really complicated at this stage. Let's see, it depends on Paris Saint Germain more than on, on Nottingham Forest. They're looking for a new centre back and could be Felipe from Atletico Madrid. Mm-hmm. There is a fight between Bayern Leverkusen and Nottingham Forest, but Felipe could join Nottingham Forest. This is the expectation. And in that case, Atletico Madrid will try to anticipate a deal they already concluded for the summer. So Soyunsu from Leicester as new centre back. There is an agreement because he's free agent in the summer with Soyunsu to join Atletico Madrid in June. But in case Felipe will go to Nottingham Forest, they will try to anticipate the Soyunsu deal in, uh, in the final hours of the the market. And then for Nottingham Forest, keep an eye on Brenner. Uh, There's a Brazilian player who is attracting interest by many European clubs, including Udinese and German clubs, but Nottingham Forest are interested. They're offering a loan with obligation to buy clothes. And so I think they will be really busy in the final hours of the market.
0: A couple of quick questions coming in from Newcastle United fans out there. Aaron, he says, Newcastle to sign a new midfielder before tomorrow. Question mark. That one goes to you, Fabrizio. There's also another question from Vladimir Angelov. He's asking, ciao, fellas. Will Newcastle try and find a new midfielder? It seems like midfield is the area where Newcastle fans want a new addition. And you are very impressed, Fabrizio, with the way Newcastle have gone about their business. But what are you hearing?
2: Yes, they're looking for a new midfielder because, uh, of course, just to answer again on Nottingham Forest, uh, Shelby is going to be a new Nottingham Forest player Mm -hmm. also. I consider this one already done because he had his medical, so everything is already completed, will be announced soon, but uh, he's joining Forest, and so this is why Newcastle are exploring the market for a new midfielder. They will look for a loan, so for an opportunity, I don't expect any... Big deal happening for, for Newcastle in that position. And so um, we had many rumors on Sander Berge, but at the moment i told he's not that advanced. Uh, they're looking for different options at the moment. And they will keep an eye until the end of Mateus Franca, this big talent from Flamengo. Very good player, uh, very good talent. They offered 20 million euros in a package deal, so including Samedons, until it was 16 plus 4. But Flamengo said no, they want 25. Let's see if Newcastle will return with a new bid. But Mateus Franca is a player they want, they're following, and they're always very good with the talents
4: very, very good player, very good player. Uh, Fabrizio Barcelona, what's the truth of a, another superstar midfielder that's obviously going a bit quiet at Chelsea and Golo Conte? What's the, the links with that?
2: No, nothing concrete at the moment. Uh, I'm told that Kante is negotiating with Chelsea on a new contract. It's something that they are discussing. I think talks will continue in February, March, because, of course, they, they were busy now with uh, new signings. But Kante first of all, Kante hopes to be back at the end of February, beginning of March. And this is the first step for him to be fit and to be back on the pitch. So this is the priority. And then they are negotiating on a new deal. So Barca are informed on the situation of Kante, as many other clubs, in case he will be a free agent. But as of now, the priority of the player is to speak to Chelsea and to try to extend the contract. So uh, the situation is really open around Kante, but I would not exclude his contrastension with, uh, with Chelsea.
3: A fab last for me. Are there any other news with Barcelona? Because every time I look at La Liga, I look at transfers, I look at business deals, stocks being sold. Heck, they can sell my stocks if they want because they've been that active. But can we get any other updates from them?
2: I'm not sure because of financial fair play. It's not easy for Barcelona to move on the market because of financial fair play in January. In the summer, they would be back. But in January, it's not easy because of the financial fair play. So let's see if Hector Bellerin goes to Sporting. That could be the case for Barca to try to find a last-minute opportunity for a new fullback. Otherwise, I would not be surprised if they continue with the same, uh, with the same squad because of the financial fair play situation.
0: The legendary for Farid Romano, You never disappoint me. Thank you so much for joining us. But before you go, what is the one transfer right now that you're waiting for? The one that you've got your side eye on your phone right now, waiting for it to happen right now. Which one?
2: Enzo Fernandez, honestly. This Enzo is the is the <laughs> biggest one uh, and is really hot in the last few minutes and hours. There is a meeting ongoing. So I think we will have this Enzo story for the next hours and for the probably for the deadline day.
0: Everybody out there, make sure you go check out Fabrizio's social media so you can follow all the latest transfer news. When it closes, you will get a here we go. Uh, Fabrizio, we can't thank you enough for everything you're doing. Thank we you. wish you good luck as the, the window closes, and uh, we appreciate you. We'll see you once again as the window closes, and we can go through all these crazy transfers. We can't wait to discuss it all with you and how you went about your business. We appreciate you. Thanks a lot. day. All right, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. More to come from the boys when we come. Keep those questions coming in. House of Champions will be right back after this short break. All right. I just want to say stay up to date with every single story and every heart pounding moment from the world of elite soccer with the Golazo starting 11 newsletter from CBS Sports. It's your ultimate guide to the beautiful game, taking you beyond the pitch and around the globe with expert analysis of everything you need to know in the world of soccer. Sign up today for free at cbsportscom slash Once again, it's the Golazo starting 11 newsletter and you can sign up for free at cbssports.com slash welcome back everybody to the House of Champions you enjoy Nigel Real Coker Michael LaHood and we welcome into the House of Champions let's give him the golf club, James Bench
4: alright how we doing alright mate how's things mate how was your weekend yeah, that accent just sport the golf what right. <laughs> are you doing <laughs>
0: No one's ever standing oh, like that. You on. thought that was, yeah, the yeah. was the first state
4: entrance.
5: Oh, I thought I idea. just
0: walked in. I thought I just walked into a black cab there. Oh, I'm actually yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh James, you sat there and you listened to everything that Fabrizio was going through before we get into obviously what's mm. happening at Manchester City with Jauk Cancelo's move, um, and I discuss a little bit of Bayern Munich. Anything interesting there that piqued your attention? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, look.
5: You know, I mean, Fab is obviously the master of this, but it is the day before deadline day. Um, I, I'm spending all my time either writing or or looking at my phone. Um, but I mean, obviously, it's really intriguing what's going on with Enzo Fernandez. Um, It's fascinating to see Chelsea just sort of incapable of stopping themselves. And the fact that they've finally got to a position where the central midfielder they need, they, they're going for um, so late in the day. But it doesn't necessarily feel like it's been that joined up. They obviously... Um, Could have had him weeks ago if they'd just paid the release clause. Um, uh, Then the whole Moises Caicedo side journey. Um, Yeah, it'll be very strange uh, and um, intrigued to see what happens with Caicedo as well. No doubt.
4: Yeah, I'm going to jump on what James is saying. I think for me, the most interesting thing, this whole transfer window has to be the club Chelsea, because when Mm -hmm. you look at all these signings in your head, whether you're a fan or not, you're looking at how these signings are going to mesh what this means for for Potter going forward because he's come out and said that he's not been involved and it just looks like a bit of a shit show at Chelsea that's just the reality of it really and truly and going for fernandes it's 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 just for me it's just extraordinary the amount of money they've spent the players that they've got in there's no other club to focus on but Chelsea this window this has been Chelsea's transfer window
0: on that note, let's turn our attention to Manchester City and what's happening there, Nigel. Uh, this has been a bit crazy. Actually, I find this transfer from João Cancelo to Bayern Munich very interesting and obviously very happy as a Bundesliga fan to, to see how they're going here. Um, but João Cancelo, I thought he would have been someone who was very happy at Manchester City. I would have thought that someone who's not frightened to fight for his place in the starting eleven. Am I sensing here, Nigel, that there's a bit of an issue with uh, Pep Guardiola and some of his players? Listen, I keep going back to that Tottenham game and I've told you that
4: Pep Guardiola is someone who keeps his cards close to his chest. He doesn't really let his emotions out that much unless it's certain things he wants you to know. That reaction from a top class manager talking about motivation for the players and the fans tells you a lot because that is the biggest probably outburst I have seen from Pep Guardiola being a manager when it comes to publicly talking about his players because normally he's very quiet. I feel that there's a lot going on behind closed doors. I feel that there's a lot of unhappy players at Manchester City and especially from that. And let's just say Pep Guardiola's man-to-man skills aren't the greatest or they are good for a couple of years until he's not really, you're not in his good books anymore. I'm surprised that Cancelo doesn't get a lot more playing time. I I think he's a top-class player. I think he's great for any team that takes him because of what he brings, not just in the attacking sense, but defensively he's good as well. But if you know how to use him and utilise him well... He is very impactful as a player. I just think that there's a lot of cracks happening in Manchester City, in my opinion. I think there will be some questions now about Pep Guardiola staying there long term. I don't feel that he can take them any further. I still don't feel he'll be able to build a squad good enough to win the Champions League. And I think that this is just the first of a few things that's going to happen at Manchester City that's going to surprise us.
3: Mm-hmm. In the last few seasons, City have done incredible. But in the last few seasons, they've had so many attackers. This year, with the transfers coming in, they are overloaded with defenders. Look at how many centre-backs they can pick. They have three, four, five, six at a time, given Who's gonna how start many a, players.
5: Who, 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 are who are their left-back options if
3: oh, when Cancelo goes? Nathan Aki Nathan has been playing over João Cancelo. Nathan Aki is naturally a centre-back, but mm-hmm. he, he can play both positions. Guardiola has wanted Nathan more than Cancelo and if you're Jacques Cancelo you're playing out of position you won him a Premier League title you were the best left back when you were natural right back last season so as a player like him I would feel disgruntled I would feel betrayed when I'm when I when I did what I did last year and now I come in this year and you're p- bringing in the player who wasn't even part of the fold and now he's your first choice guy you like, should have played better do you, do you think Pep's shedding a tear right now about that? Like Pep's been in this business so long now. He that's that's us. the thing. But that's the thing with this. Pep has to be querf- careful. Jacques can say, low. yes." If you're Pep, Pep has a history of letting players go who are not unha- who are not happy. Gabriel Jesus not happy, gone. Raheem Sterling not happy, gone. But if one goes and the next domino of players go who have gotten you the success at City, you have to be careful because that's a know if I agree That's a talented I- core.
0: I don't know if I agree with that. I think the mentality, I mean, it even goes back to your club, Manchester United, Sir Alex Ferguson used to do great. You know, when when the time was up for a certain player, they, they, he was done with them and it was next man up mentality. Manchester City, we must not forget, have all the money in the world to be able to buy whoever they want to buy. They have a terrific That's squad fair. of players. Obviously, it's an interesting question as to who's going to come in and replace him in that position as a, as a set player. Um, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, Pep Guardiola, like the boys are saying here, probably is not losing much sleep over this transfer getting done. I'm a bit disappointed, like Nigel pointed out. I think he's a fantastic player. And when he plays, I'm always on the edge of my seat because he loves to get forward with absolute fluency. And in many ways, James, I think he'll actually be suited into the Bundesliga better than he will be in the Premier League, even though it was great in in City's uh, first team. I mean, it will certainly be interesting. Uh, my
5: assumption is he comes into Bayern and plays as a sort of natural right back, goes yes. back to that role, and Alphonso Davies is on the other flank. And it's great, great deal for Bayern. I have my doubts whether they will pay up in the summer to sign him. It's it'd be a lot of money for a twenty eight year old when we know they want to sign that big money striker. So I do wonder if if City are basically kicking the can down the road. I mean, look, I don't, I don't really understand this from a Man City perspective unless you feel like what we're really talking about here is a club that can't manage Pep, you know, Pep is his authority is so unquestionable that city it would appear are willing to go into, you know, the decisive period of this season with a repurposed left back with a repurposed center back at left back and his backup, um, the guy's name, Sergio Gomez Yep, It has not looked good enough because of course he hasn't, he's a kid, you know, he wasn't the one they wanted to sign. They wanted Kukurea. I'm certain Kukurea would be a lot better for City than he is for Chelsea. And, you know, you have to kind of sometimes be willing to ride out the rough. You know, Cancelo might want to leave. Um, Cancelo clearly does want to leave. That's the indications we've got coming out of Manchester that he's pretty keen to move on after a bust up with Guardiola. And Guardiola's view in those cases is always let them go. Well, you let Zinchenko go, not you know, not for a bust up, but because he wanted to move
4: on and find something new. You can't wow. play. doing this. You can't. But that's the be... point, though, James, isn't it? Because he the, the whole Arsenal rant said about oh, Arsenal haven't been in the top of the Premier League or won a league title mm. in, in two decades, and then they've got Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko, who both players left your club, and mm-hmm. you're praising them of what they've done and they know how to they know how to win.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and they know how to win. And you're crying. At your club, so why don't you just treat them better? There's there's a fine balance for me, and I think what about James what, and Ian? What's your thoughts on Diaz as well? Because Diaz is another one that hasn't really been getting a tremendous amount of game time at Manchester City.
5: And it was interesting to to see what he said. I will pick up on Diaz, but it was interesting to see what he said about Foden, where he said that Foden was not sufficiently match fit, and he yeah. wasn't coming back from an injury. You know, there was there was criticism there, and we've seen Foden drop out of of contention a little bit. I mean, the strange thing is this has happened before and, you know, city have kind of ridden it out with Bernardo Silva. I mean, he's the obvious example. He wanted to go, was it the season before last? And they just said, you know, in the end they, they kept him partly against his will, but look how, look how effective that was. I mean, Diaz is another, It's hard because, like, a lot of what City have done with that defense looks really good. Ake was fantastic against Arsenal. Um, John Stones has has come on leaps and bounds. Akanji is a good signing. I love Rico Lewis, although he was he is going to get exposed because he's a teenager and the games where he is tested defensively, he's going to find it hard. But, like, you know, that you're robbing yourself of vital depth, you're putting yourself in a in a real headache mm. when you're going to be competing in four in three competitions, going deep in three competitions. And I think sometimes you've just got to suck it up, keep someone like Cancelo around, even if he's unhappy and go, go at the end of the season. It happens everywhere, but, it, but, but not in this case.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I think this will be the first of many exits from this city team. You look at the players who they brought in, who are playing, as I said before, and you look at the players who are still there, or might be leaving that are expecting to play. These are guys who are starting for their national teams. And as Ian, you said it with Byron, I'm going to say it with City. Looks like there's something wrong with Manchester something City. Wrong. Yeah, I mean. Jesus Christ, there we go.
0: <laughs> it's, it's the label. Label. Definitely, the results tell you that at this moment in time. I want to turn our attention to Byron in just a minute, but James, we have got some questions coming in to you, and there's a lot of people in the chats right now. Uh, one really interesting question here, if I can find it, it was uh, from Yo Z One. He's asked, "Can it be Tierney that is the left back that Manchester City will try to buy?" It's actually an interesting question with what's happening in a Tierney right now at Arsenal. I can't imagine that would be the deal that they would go to, but I do enjoy watching Tierney play. And um, we also have other people jumping in. Aaron saying, "Can I ask questions to James?" Ben, you absolutely can. Uh, Aaron, I see you there, obviously throwing a ton of questions in, um, so we will try to get as many as we can out to James while we got him as well. But James, let's touch on the Tierney one, and then we'll turn our attention to Telemans real quickly on Arsenal.
5: It does make a huge amount of sense to me, just from the perspective of the reason that he might, and that you know parties are open to to offers and, and new places of work in the summer, as as we said on House of Champions last week. The reason is he doesn't really fit what uh, Arteta wants. He wants someone that can invert, that can build play, to be function like a midfielder. And he that's what Guardiola will want as well. Um, I mean, certainly from everything I've heard, this isn't like Tierney's not likely to move in the coming day. Um, so, I mean, maybe in the summer we'll see. He will certainly not be short of, of takers. And if you can find the right club, I think something can be done there by all parties. But... Don't see it happening between now and uh, in the next 18 hours,
0: which could make me look very foolish. 24 hours, however long it mm, is. Yes. Oh, well, you never know, especially with the transfer window closing. You just never, ever know. Okay, last question real quickly on Arsenal while well, we got you here because um, Aaron is desperate to get the questions out there. He wants to be heard. Uh, this one here is, I want to know if Telemans is regarded as a serious alternative option to Arsenal if they give up or fail on Caicedo. I mean, also, I'd like your opinion on what's happening with Caicedo right now in this whole negotiation process. I mean, are Arsenal willing to get sucked into overspending on this player? Oh, do I say overspending? Yeah, yeah well, overspending for a
5: 21-year-old um, with a, a real, an impressive early track record in the Premier League. I actually—that's me saying I don't know. Obviously, Arsenal's latest offer, which was 70 million, was rejected. There's—I n- haven't had an indication yet that they will definitely go back in a third. It's what everyone expects, but it, I haven't had that confirmed yet. Telemans, the, the trail's gone a little bit cold on that one. We know they want Rice for the summer. Um, I know there are other irons in the fire. I mean, I mentioned Ibrahim Abamba on Twitter as a player that they may look to. He's a more natural replacement for Partey, and, and that's kind of their view that they want someone that can come in. And though it seems Thomas Partey won't be out for too long with the injury he picked up against Man City, they would they would like someone that can step in and, and fill his boots, which Telemans isn't a natural one. Um, I don't want to say no, but I don't I don't see it as being a starter. Um, so it's not a definite no, but I think it's quite unlikely that, that Telemans is the one they'll go for. And, but they do really want to get a midfielder. They know as well as everyone else does that this could be a once-in-a-generation opportunity and uh, they don't want to let it pass
4: by and not kind of take a big swing at things. Ian, I'm going to have a little dig at you, mate. Listen, on, mate. is that is not an overspend <laughs> for me. That is not an overspend. How much How much is he worth, Nigel? I, listen, the values of some of these other prices, midfielders, I'm telling you, if you even have to go to 80 to 100 million, I would go for that for this kid. He's mm-hmm. age. Yeah. He's injury record of how he doesn't get injured. He's an old school box-to-box midfielder that can Mm. also play in all these different systems that managers play. He's good at getting the ball off the back four, comfortable and composed, makes those forward passes. He's a ball winner, reads danger, knows how to stamp out danger, also has the ability to make things happen in the final third. He is your complete midfielder with an engine on him. I'm telling you, this kid's potential in the right environment and right atmosphere the potential will be frightening. He really is a top, I'm telling you, this kid has the potential. And I think the one thing I want to say quickly before James jumps in, I disagree with the manager, Roberto Desari at Brighton, how he's handling this situation. Because I hate when managers do that. This is a young player. Huh? When they leave him out of the team. When they leave no, out it's not when team. you leave them out. It's when you come out and say, oh, it's a mistake and this and that. Like I hate when managers don't yeah. act like they've played the game and put themselves in a the player situation. And it's no disrespect to Brighton. Brighton are a fantastic club. We give them a lot of credit for what they do. If yeah. a bigger company comes for you and he's going to offer you more money, which is going to be financially financial benefit for you and yeah. your family. Yeah, got
0: a chance of winning oh, the Premier
4: League. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't okay. act like you're going to sit there and say, oh, no, I want to stay at Brighton. Put yourself in the player's shoes. You've been there. You've seen it. Just say to the player privately if you want, listen, just perform for me and we'll make it happen. But don't call it out like what he's doing is a bad thing, especially when you don't really know the player's family background. Obviously, we saw the Instagram post when he talks about, let's have that human element because I hate when managers do that kind of nonsense. I'm
5: Just just to pick up on that, I was in that press conference and I think one thing he kind of really wanted to get across was, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but that this is blame Caicedo's agents, not Caicedo, and he did say, "I understand why a player would would want to make this move." And he, I mean, the notable thing he said as well is, "If he has to go, we're ready to go without him." And um, just at that game, the only other thing I'd want to say, I was sat there going, "God, I hope Brighton do some sort of loyalty card, and that once you've got nine, your tenth one comes free, because there are so so many good players in that team." I mean, everyone talked about um, Matoma, obviously mm-hmm. McAllister, Lewis Dunk is. Outstanding, you guys. You know when you see him in the flesh, the way he reads the game and pass, the passes that didn't go to Salah because Dunk just took that step to the right direction. I mean, whoever. what well, I, I wouldn't
0: say outstanding, Pete. James. I'm I'm sorry, I can't say outstanding <laughs> for Dunk. He's great. Good. <laughs> he's
3: good. He's solid. Solid. Uh, uh, solid. Yeah, he's a solid. Is solid. the right word. Solid.
5: <laughs> if, if you're always eight out of ten. I think that's yep. outstanding.
0: Especially with the way they're playing right now. It's fantastic to watch them perform like this. Nigel, you're getting hammered here. There's a lot of they people who disagree with this you. <laughs> and a lot of people would disagree with oh, what you're saying about can, the price tag. They type. can hammer
4: me yeah. all they want. I've played center midfield. I can spot a midfield talent where I, whether they like it or not. And I'm not saying it, but if you're going to compare it to the price of other players, potentially, there's no way you can say, oh, can I say it's only worth 50, 60 million. Watch how he controls a game. You tell me a 21-year-old that gets the ball in center midfield in the modern day game and can control the game and say everything goes through me. Like the likes of when Steven Gerrard, Patrick Vieira, and all their players do it. Kaiseido can do that. So all these people who say oh, he's not worth it. So you're going to tell me Declan Rice is worth 100 million and Kaicedo is only worth 50 or 60.
0: Mike, you're quiet here. What's up? You uh,
3: I can see De decision making. You look at where Brighton are on the table. <laughs> It's selfish, Mike. There's no more to Exactly. Say. He's a manager of a Brighton. He's, yeah. he's not Caicedo's personal manager. He's going to do it okay. in the best interest of the club. Well, you could be honest.
4: That's the thing I hate about managers do- who play the game out. Be honest. What? Don't act like – just say it's for your own selfish – OK, but if, if Chelsea came in for the Zerbi or AC Milan came in for him, do you think he's going to stay
3: at I say this. Look at the price tag that we're talking about now for Caicedo. You don't think t- clubs are going to pay even more money for him in the summer, especially if Brighton keep on doing what they're doing? You're going to pay even more money for him. So why sell him now? I wouldn't. I'd keep him. You're having success. Look, this is a guy who's pivotal. You're having success with him in your team. You're having success without him in your team. Keep him now. You are so close to having a historic season. Why get rid of him? I wouldn't do it. I don't blame the manager. Look, the player can have the sentiments. I don't blame the manager at all.
0: You can't blame the player either, though, Mike, no. right? because the, the no. player's had an incredible season and obviously he's been playing very well for his young age and you get an incredible offer that can be life-changing money for you and your family, but also you can win a title which is something that very few players ever get the opportunity to do. And the reason why Nigel knows a midfielder is because you used to get the midfielder next him to do all the work for him. So he knew, <laughs> you knew the value of those midfielders, you know? Because I, I know people like Nigel, you just like sitting in there and be, go on, that I know, I played with people like him. Um, <laughs> I can see that smile, see that smile. Ian, <laughs> but you like, Ian, come on, you
4: know it, right? And, and the funny thing is, and I always say this to, I don't know if I said to James. When I went back before I stopped playing, I went to West Ham. I was training under 21s. Who was I training with? Declan De- Wright. What captain. De- yeah. <laughs> I was training with Declan and, and the young boys, right? Ooh. So he's the one he who's yeah. under 23s captain. So within three minutes of training, I went to the head coach. I went, who's that kid? Uh, Declan Wright's the captain. I went, he should be with the first team. A week later, not because of mm-hmm. what I said or anything like that. I'm just saying, honestly, something <laughs> happened because was uh, Players weren't involved, whatever it is. Declan made his debut and started playing. Within three minutes of training with him, looking at his attitude, how he was training, how he plied himself, everything I could see in training, I'm like, this kid should be with the first team. And then two, three weeks later, he he made his debut and he stayed in. So I, I understand and I read the game and I know what's what. Another player that I saw is one of my friends, an agent, took me to watch Fulham under 23s, Harvey Elliott. I spotted him in the first two minutes. I'm like, yeah, that kid's got it. And he was playing under 23s before he got his move to go to Liverpool. So I'm just saying from what I'm seeing, that's what it is. <laughs> Look at my producer trying to wind me up. Just, uh, yep.
0: right. What you're basically saying, Nigel, yeah. is that you're you're getting a cut from this deal. When Declan does oh, yeah. make that move and it's 100 million, <laughs> Nigel's in for at least a milli because, you know, he was the one that said, who's that kid over there? Get him in the first team. Now, listen, we appreciate stories like that oh. because obviously having that experience and helping these youngsters, I recognize it myself. You need these experienced players to nourish you and give you an opportunity and it goes the same for the coaches. The coaches have got to understand, and it was a great point you pointed out about De here, he's also been in that position, he should understand what it's like as a player when a massive club comes in A massive club comes in who's flying right now confidence got a top coach players are loving life you're living in a great city why on earth would you want to try and keep that player down I get it you want to do well for your own club and you want to get results things are going well so you don't want to break it but at the end of the day it's about that human and it's about that player and it's about where the potential can be the ceiling seems to be higher than Brighton Football Club Uh, real quickly there's breaking news coming from Fabrizio Romano we just let him go a moment ago go back and watch the show if you want to listen to what he was discussing but he has just posted only moments ago that there's an exclusive. Everton have submitted a bid to sign Conor Gallagher from Chelsea. It's mm. 40 million proposed proposal plus 5 million add-ons. Chelsea will make the decision soon as there are other uh, players interested. So I'm guessing that probably means that there could be a move on Enzo happening sometime in the midfield soon. But we also have more news. James Benjamin to come to you on this one. It's official. Confirmed. Sean, Gise, Sean Dice is confirmed as Everton manager to replace Frank Lampard. contract until 2025. There's quality in the squad, he says. But we have to make them shine. Interesting. I just say it like this. You me We just, quality. It's quality. It's just quality. I, got to go. I, I it. think I this is James
4: answer this. No,
5: because
0: I'm going to surprise <laughs> you.
5: I know. Oh, because you know, cultured Londoner, metropolitan, liberal elite, all that stuff. The hell, oh, oh boy. Love, <laughs> I love my support. <laughs> I think this is outstanding. Why? Because he is the best chance you have to keep you in the Premier League. I know it's not guaranteed because obviously he took Burnley down. And, you know, as we said on the the show last week, this Everton squad isn't that special. It isn't a mid-table squad. It's a 17th to 19th place squad. But Sean Dyche is used to keeping those sorts of teams up. And obviously, I think it's a one and a half year or a two and a half year contract. So he's got something beyond the season. And I know that Everton fans don't dream of this sunlit upland of playing 4-4-2 negative football, just keeping it tight and, and keeping in it. But actually, until you've got that new stadium and until you've sorted out your financial mess, that's what you need to do. All you need to do is be the 16th best team in England, the 17th best team in England. And I think yeah. Sean Dice is the perfect appointment to get you there.
4: James, <laughs> quick question for you. Do you honestly think that Sean Dice has the players at Everton now to be able to play Sean Dice's way and do what Sean Dice wants? Because that dressing room there there are some fractions in that dress room. There are some egos in that dress room, as long as it's a mesh of players, but there's some big egos. That
5: is definitely a bit of a worry. I think if you start on those foundations, yes, he does. I mean, if nothing else, he's got James Tarkovsky and Michael Keane. I mean, that was Burnley's centre-back rotation for quite a while. Yep. Connor Good Cody point. as well. He's got Dutch mm. center back. He's got Dwight McNeil. Maybe you can get a tune mm-hmm. out of him. I think there are a lot of, like the higher up the pitch you get, the more unreliable it becomes. Connor Gallagher though is like a, a perfect dice play yeah. runs yeah. around a lot you think he's kind of a bit busier <laughs> than he is um but i mean you know if you play a 4-3-3 he did that he, fantastically for for palace so um mm, mm, mm. i don't so. i still i still would stand by what we all said last week that i think they're going down but i think the best th- this guy is sort of the best option you have to try and change that
4: oh I, I missed yeah. last week What's the three going down? <laughs> Sorry, <Michael. We> <laughs> we all, I wasn't there. Just quick one before we, we all agreed that we were going gonna to me. get relegated.
3: To do, yeah, that. yeah, no, yeah. We 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 were emphatic about that. I, I like this managerial move. I, I can't wait to go back to a four four two because we know that's what's happening. But forget the four three three. Forget some of the things that Lampard tried to do and what this Everton team should do and they will do under Dyche, is they're going to bypass midfield and lump it forward. Calvert-Lewin, hopefully he can hold the ball up like he used to. If he can hold the ball up, they're going to be more difficult to play against. But Everton need to stop leaking goals before they can worry about what's happening offensively. I know they need to get points. I think Sean he has proven that with Burnley, that he makes his team so diff- difficult to play against. I think he'll do his best to do that with Everton, but it won't change their fate. They're still going down, down, down.
4: Mm-hmm. Ian, question for you. Um, if you were Conor Gallagher would you go to Everton or would you say you know what let me try and see if I can force a move to Crystal Palace again
0: where would be the better fit (laughs) I mean, I obviously liked him at Palace, right? I think Palace would be a great fit for him. And I think Patrick needs a little bit of help in in that team at the moment as well. So I would have loved to have seen that. But I have to admire someone who's not frightened to take on the challenge of trying to save a club from relegation. I I do think that's pretty good Um, with Everton in particular. That's
4: that's a big task Ian. You know what Mm. Everton fans are like. That is not like a simple club. You're going to a simple relegation, especially a young lad like that. I understand. I was just going to say,
0: the, the the schedule in Nigel as well, because we talked about it last week, the guys, but like I'll, I'll come back to you on this one. I was just looking at the schedule. Everton play Arsenal next um on Saturday. They're at Liverpool, they're at home to Leeds, and then they're at home to Aston Villa. So they have three of their next four games at home, but you're playing Arsenal. Leeds and villa at home so the Leeds villa and then followed by a trip to forest i mean these are massive games coming up you can't you can't wait three four games before you start picking up points you really have to start yeah. picking up points now and james you can follow up nigel here now you're going in with a new boss in charge this is going to be a real difficult game against everton now they're going to make this as ugly as they possibly can to try and get points yeah well maybe i mean to be honest maybe you guys can help me you know, I don't know if
5: you've played under the, the Roy Hodgson's, the Sean Dyches of, of your respective leagues and all that.
0: How long Are you long asking if it... we played in the relegation zone? Is that what you're asking? Yeah.
4: And it's a very similar ma- manager too, James. <laughs> yeah, we know there's
1: managers that come in and they,
4: they drill you on the, uh, yep. the flat back four
5: and all the, you know, shadow work and all those things. How long does it take to sink that sink in? Because, I mean, you know, I look at this and I think, they're not going to be anywhere near ready for Arsenal, Mm-mm. but maybe Liverpool, the emotion takes over, and actually then you might have enough time. I mean,
4: correct me if I'm wrong. It you know, is it if they just about got enough time to get this <laughs> system nailed down? The only thing I would say is this: you have to have characters. It's characters that come to the front of the line in these situations in your dressing room yep. that make it happen. If you don't have characters, you're gonna struggle. You're gonna have a lot of pretenders. But if you've got real genuine characters mm. and players and Ian and, and Michael and Lutis, you know the guys who are the pretenders and you know the real yeah. guys. They might not be your most talented players, but they'll give you 110% and really do it for the team. The problem with Everton is they've got too many players there who feel Everton is a stepping stone club. And obviously we heard that Frank Lampard fell out with um, the midfielder. Apparently he was training by himself. Is it um, the core? He was training by himself for a period, cool. wasn't it? Anana uh, was didn't train, he didn't turn up to training. I didn't yeah. know about DeCore. I think so. Yeah, so he had a falling out apparently. A story came out, just have to check which player it was. But things like that don't help. When you're in a relegation fight, it's just showing how fractured it is. And when I look at Everton for me, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I don't see it performance-wise. Yeah. I don't see togetherness. I don't see a real direction in the sense of what they're doing. Their best player for me has been um, Iwobi. Now hmm. Sean Dyche going to be able to get the same out of Iwobi now playing the Sean Dyche system. Because Iwobi's mm-hmm. been sensational from start of the season up till now. And I just worry about his form maybe changing because he might not be able to respond to Sean Dyche's style.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think a player that's been frozen out this season that I think will thrive under Sean, Sean Dyche is Keane, Michael Keane. He's a guy that I think does much better when he has very simple kind of tactics put in front of him has a screen of a back or midfield four, and then just get the ball out of your feet and lump it forward. The thing that Everton need to do under Sean and I think the thing that they will do is getting their wide players, whether it's Alex Iwobi and Damari Gray, which I think that will be their two wide players, getting them to and try and win second balls. Do the simple things well when things aren't going your way as a club, and you'll start inching forward, getting back in the positive track.
0: I'm with you boys I'm not going to add much more because we're out of time but I think Everton go down this year I've got a ton of Everton fans as well who have been clinging on to life for about 30 years and uh, unfortunately I think this could be this could be the year where it eventually happens Uh, sometimes it's amazing to to me that we just have these conversations and I forget that a lot of people are tuning in to watch our show and I see all the comments coming in we appreciate you for dropping in your comments but we do get carried away we are all very close friends with one another we all have a lot of respect for one another but we have a lot of respect for you guys out there as well and all your comments are seen and heard and a lot of them we try to share as much as we possibly can especially when they're criticizing Nigel Rio Coker we were going to <laughs> discuss one, Bayern Munich but uh, unfortunately we've run out of time so there we go Oi. boys yeah,
4: no. <laughs> don't no, don't you try to end it now Des
0: can no. give us two minutes on this so now <laughs> Bayern
4: Munich get Cancelo
0: Ian i Bayern going to win the league again <laughs> have you have you have you been watching any of the results or Bayern's performances have you seen have any of them losing it? Have they been they losing? haven't been like, losing. You act,
4: like, you act like you've not seen this before from Bayern and they go on and win the league. Like, have they been losing?
0: Are they going to win the league? Just answer the question, yes or no. I will say this. No, no listen, I think they do win the league, yes. It's an obvious answer. But what I will say is that this season is probably the biggest chance that anyone else will have a chance to win the league other than Bayern Munich. If Borussia Dortmund can get their stuff together, if Leipzig can get their stuff together, they have a real shot here. And I don't want to say Union Berlin can do it either, because I think it's a big ask for a club like that, even though they've been fun to watch the last weeks. But this is their opportunity. Leipzig, inconsistent, but pretty good. They're doing a great job. That's the one team I think can do it. Dortmund, I don't think they have a chance. Far too inconsistent, even though Royce uh, has just come back. I think Dortmund are too inconsistent, and their defense is an absolute shambles right now. But the problem I've got with Bayern Munich right now is Nagelsmann's having a problem. The executives are jumping in. There's there's a communication issue right now inside that camp, and they don't have a killer. There's no killer up front there. You, you've got Chupo Moting, who's been in a, a decent run of form, but I watched him the last two games, and I thought... Man, he looks like his age now. He looks like someone who's just a bit part player. He doesn't look like someone who can lead them to the title. I think they need that striker to lead them to the title because without that, you've got problems with Serge Gnabry who disappeared to Paris for the fashion week. Then you've got problems with obviously Sané keeping him formed. Then you've got Thomas Muller disappointed that sometimes he's not starting in a team. It's a big problem. They've got the best squad. They should win the league. I'm not sure if they win the league or not, but um, yeah. I don't know. Anybody else think that they can not win the league? Anyone else? Mike, thoughts? No?
3: I'll make it very quick. I, I think that, as Nigel said last week, Nigel, I give you credit for this, very quick for me, that Leipzig have the best chance. They, they're they doing it without their best player right now. I think the likes of an Andre Silva, if he continues to take that responsibility in front of goal, and so, but Sly, those two players, if they can continue in the form they're on, then Leipzig, Leipzig will have their best chance.
0: Yeah, cracking, cracking players. I mean, I just want to see them, obviously, get themselves into a position where they can compete. I'll, I'll tell you right now, obviously, we're going to get stuck into it next week because the Champions League is about to return. But Bayern Munich against Paris Saint-Germain with the form that both of those teams are in right now is going to be a bit of a shit show. We have no idea who's going to win that game. It's going to be like, it'll be a draw. So Bayern, it'll be 1-1 one, one both games. <laughs> <laughs> Bayern, Bayern. I'm going back,
4: I'm back in Bayern to win that game. Mm-hmm. All You're right. An animal <laughs> in the Champions League and you bloody know it. Something ah, that's quite right at him. And last point, Ian, <laughs> oh, if blast. Everton go down, I believe this is the knowledge. Last, the knowledge, last point. Last, last point. Yeah, the last, <laughs> last
0: point. Yes,
4: last, last point. off. Um, if Everton get relegated, they'll be one of only six teams, is it, James, to have never been relegated from the Premier League? Uh, I think they might be one of only six who have been in the Premier League from start. Every
5: season. Yeah. Wait a minute. You've got Arsenal, United, Spurs, Liverpool, Everton.
4: Were Chelsea not in it at the very start? No, Chelsea were. Chelsea, the other team.
1: Chelsea, the the other team. team. So So we're down down to six. Mm. Yeah.
5: But then they're obviously like, uh, Brentford have never been relegated from the Premier League. Good point.
0: Anyway. Can I just... I I I want to (laughs) know. Last last point point from James.
5: (laughs) Come on the blades. Really hope. um, Obviously, it was a a real shame uh, for them on Sunday that they didn't give Wrexham the tonking that they deserve but uh, I'll be rooting for them um, whenever the replay is. Wow.
0: We all hate Wrexham in this house. Showing the loyalty right there. to Hey, listen, you choose. It's, it's up to you. I thought the story was awesome. I thought it was a great game, by the way. No no question. I got to go. Uh, Producer Des, wants us out of here. Uh, appreciate everybody out there. Thank you so much for joining us, Fabrizio Romano. To everybody out there, I appreciate you for joining us as well. Thank you so much for your questions. Great questions as well. Uh, keep the comments coming. Uh, Nigel and uh, Mike, awesome stuff as always. James, great to have you back on the show as well. We're going to watch you closely. Make sure you go follow James, everybody, on his social medias. He's going to be talking a lot about the transfer window. You can catch him on Sports. Uh, just want to let everybody know there that, that we appreciate you for listening to House of Champions. So please make sure you take a, a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. We're also available as a video. So subscribe to us on YouTube and share the show. Also leave us a rating and review. We love you. See you next time. Transfer window's about to close. We will see you then.